0: Welcome to Making Footprints, Not Blueprints, a regular podcast about matters philosophical and religious. My name is Andrew James Brown, and despite being myself an atheistically inclined free thinker, I'm also the minister to the Unitarian Church in the city of Cambridge, UK. The title of this podcast is borrowed from the philosopher Herbert Fingeret, who, in his book The Self in Transformation, offered us studies that were outcomes rather than realised objectives which were offered to the reader as an encouragement to make intellectual footprints, not blueprints. This podcast tries to proceed in a similar fashion and takes seriously an insight of the poet A. R. Ammons, who felt that true human freedom only comes when we have understood that full scope always eludes our grasp, that there is no finality of vision, that we have perceived nothing completely, and that, therefore, and thankfully tomorrow a new walk is a new walk welcome to this week's new walk On the need to take even strokes, how Henry Bugby's naturalistic philosophy might help us through the pandemic. As the Covid-19 pandemic continues and deepens, I'm more and more finding myself talking on the telephone or Zoom with someone who's found themselves in a very low and despairing state. The question for me, quite naturally, is what, with a clean heart and full belief, can I talk with them about, which might, perhaps genuinely prove to be of some help. As many of you know, for me, there is no recourse to the kind of theistic responses available to some of my more orthodox religious colleagues. But, fortunately, thanks to the 20th century philosopher Henry Bugbee, there is something that I am able conversationally to offer up to a struggling person without being in any way dishonest. In his extraordinary and unique book, Called The Inward Morning of Philosophical Exploration in Journal Form, as published in 1958. Bugby suggests that the non theistic naturalistic help available to us is something akin to, quote, the sea that carries us all alike, a sea of which trough or crest are but undulations, unquote. So, what does Bugby mean by this? Well, let me now unfold for you something of his train of thought. Bugby feels that we humans are great insisters. We are creatures who feel that in order properly to be getting on, we must always be insisting we see to it. Obviously, there are many things we must genuinely be seeing to in our daily lives. But our background go-getting individualistic neoliberal consumer culture quickly helps translate our seeing to this or that into anxiety and effort, trying always to take charge. As Bugby says, this anxious and exhausting way of seeing to it, of creating the feeling that we are assuredly in charge, although it is sometimes learned and even profitable, it is not graceful and it is precisely this graceless way of proceeding which serves to hide something very important from our view. The image Bugby chooses to explore this state of affairs is a swimmer who is flailing the water to keep from going down. As he notes, the flailing swimmer, in their desperate attempts not to go down like lead, either gracelessly and frantically tries to swim in a relaxed manner, or simply mistakes relaxation for inaction. In both cases, the frantic swimmer, desperate to see to this or see to that, cannot see that the best general way to go on well is to relax in an appropriate fashion. However, sometimes, whilst we are flailing away, we all experience times when waves overtake us from behind, lifting us up and along. And from these, Bugby points out, we may take courage and be thankful. But our newfound courage and thankfulness can all too easily and quickly morph into the delusional thought that somehow, in the exhilaration of swift swimming, we can now claim as our own the power of the wave. But for Bugby, this is demonic swimming, a state in which we suffer the illusion that we have not fallen into flailing but have instead become masters of our element. Now, I'm not myself a great swimmer, but I remember experiencing just this phenomenon as a teenager on my first truly long-distance cycle ride. I set off in the morning at a furious pace to travel as far as I could before, at midday, turning round to return home. At first I fairly flew along and was amazed and proud of my supreme fitness and the high speed. Many miles were covered and lunch was duly had in some pleasant sheltered spot deep in the Essex countryside, miles from home. It was only upon remounting my bicycle to return that I suddenly became fully aware of the strength of the wind into which I was now cycling and which previously had been at my back. Many hours later, I staggered into the house, utterly exhausted, but now significantly wiser. Although I didn't then have the words to name it this way, I had, of course, just engaged in what Bugby could easily have called demonic cycling. To return to the analogy of swimming, it is only when a person has learnt to recognise demonic swimming that there can emerge for them the possibility of taking the even stroke informed by the sea that carries us all alike, a sea of which trough or crest are but undulations. Now and then we swim a few even strokes and know where we are. Bugby continues, quote, Steadiness and steadfastness are alive to the constancy of our being sustained. They guard against the illusions of elation and depression. Such are the undulations of our sea while we ignore our being sustained. Unquote. For the experienced non demonic swimmer, the steadiness and steadfastness that is expressed in their conscious employment of the relaxed and even stroke helps them attune themselves to something they did not create themselves, namely this idea, the constancy of our being sustained. The steady, relaxed stroke is a practice that helps this constant, sustaining background to show up to us and which in turn can help us re-evaluate our basic way of being in the world and help guard against the illusions experienced in both elation at the crest of the wave and depression in the trough of the wave. Bugby gives an example of what this re-evaluation looks like by referring to our, alas, still current philosophy of value and of evaluative criticism, i.e. the ways we more often than not talk about what we feel is good and bad, up and down and so on in our lives. My experience in talking to most people who seek me out strongly suggests that Bugbee is right in saying that, for the most part, we are all too often tempted to take the undulations in our lives, i.e. the good, the bad, the up and the down, at face value. And that this reveals a certain faithlessness with respect to Reality another way of saying this is to note that we've become thoroughly persuaded by our culture to think that when we are up our position is good and when we are down our position is bad bugby encourages us to resist this thought and wants us to be clear that our position is not necessarily good when we are up and not necessarily bad when we are down what bugby is looking for here is something that can help us more properly, more realistically, evaluate our life beyond the measures provided by any face-value understandings of the passing undulations, those things which we call good or bad, up or down, etc. He finds this more appropriate evaluation present in something spoken about by the medieval mystic Meister Eckhart. Bugby notes that Eckhart is guarded about our moments of joy, suggesting quite clearly at times the profound illusion we may suffer in elation. Now, what does this mean? Well, let's return again to the demonic swimmer. There they are, being carried forward by the wave. On its crest, they can see great vistas about them, and they simultaneously experience the visceral joy of being carried swiftly forward. However, according to Eckhart and Bugby. This elationary experience, when taken at face value, simply serves to create a profound illusion, namely, the feeling that the power of the wave is somehow the swimmer's own and that they have themselves, through their own insistence and power, somehow been able to see to it, whatever it is, and arrive at this magnificent moment of peak experience one that truly tells them about how things truly are all good and all high and lifted up. But, as should be clear from what has so far been said, this is, in fact, to be faithless with respect to reality, in that it has wholly lost sight of and forgotten this peak experience is only possible because of the sustaining sea. Bugby feels that Eckhart was fully conscious of this danger and that he wanted to say to us, as people have said in all religious traditions, that we learn to give ourselves up to the sea and come finally to trust in it, only in the abyss of our deepest troughs. Again, what does this mean? Well, let's return to the demonic swimmer. It is often only at the bottom of the wave's trough that the demonic swimmer is finally forced to become acutely aware of their foundational conditions as a creature immersed in a sustaining sea of being together with all other things. In the darkness of the trough of the wave, the demonic swimmer no longer has great vistas to distract them and they become aware instead of the limitations of existence, of being unable to see any distance or knowing which way is forward or back and they start to fear that indeed they may go down like lead. Some people in this situation decide that they are going to see to it by continuing to flail demonically, believing that only their own power is going to get them out of this trough and back onto the crest. Some, alas do decide to give up and go down like lead. But others relax and begin to take a few even strokes. And in that simple, modest human action, they open up the possibility of gaining a grounded, if always dynamic and moving, sense of knowing their true position. But you may ask, what is that true position? Well, in a moment I'll leave you with Bugby's powerful and richly elusive answer. However, before doing this, I want to say that, thanks to the Covid-19 pandemic and its associated political and economic crises, we find ourselves in the midst of some seriously frightening rough seas in which we are experiencing mostly troughs and only a few crests such as those associated with our distant glimpses of effective vaccines. In this situation, we all, quite naturally, want to be seeing to it, getting things obviously done, to be in charge of our destiny, and so, to keep from going down like lead, we are all tempted to flail and succumb to demonic swimming. But as I hope Bugby's train of thought reveals, demonic swimming will not save us. And the demonic swimmers face value reading of our situation, in which they think that when they're up their position is good and when they're down their position is bad, is not going to get things done properly. It will not help us see to it properly. In short, if we carry on in this fashion we will exhaust ourselves and assuredly go down like lead. Bugby reveals that the best way to get things done, especially in this moment, is to relax and begin to take even strokes. Indeed, this is why, during the pandemic, the only religious service I have been offering the Unitarian community in Cambridge, UK, where I'm the minister, is one which centres on a long period of mindful meditation service which, until lockdown, was our Sunday evening service. Naturally, I cordially invite all of you who are listening to this podcast to join us. Just be in touch via the email address found in the episode notes to this edition. In the notes you will also find a link to a PDF of the service itself. I offer this service week by week because it's plain as a pike staff to me, that we all need to find a way to see that the extreme troughs and crests we are currently experiencing are genuinely and simply undulations of a sustaining sea, and that, therefore, our position is not necessarily good when we are up and not necessarily bad when we are down, or indeed vice versa. Only when we have learned to take even relaxed strokes through these undulations, can we hope properly to gauge our true position and identify the few basic things that really count in this life, which make it both worthwhile carrying on and possible to carry on. So, to conclude, what does bug be, and indeed what do I think is our true position? This is what Bugby elusively says. The sense of the sustaining sea is bound up with the sense of communion with all the creatures swimming or floundering in it, as may be. The joys and the sorrows deserving our affirmation are those in which we affirm our togetherness with fellow creatures. These are true joys and sorrows. And as men and women have ever borne witness, they are true in their concrete understanding of reality and of our togetherness in reality. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Making Footprints Not Blueprints podcast. So, farewell for now, and remember, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk. See you on the path. Thank you again for listening to the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe and each new podcast will be delivered to your device as soon as it is released. Also, if you'd like to join the conversation please feel free to comment on the blog or come along to the occasional live online discussions which take place on Wednesday evenings at 7.30pm GMT. Anyone is invited to ask questions and make comments on the issues discussed in the podcast. You can find all the necessary links in the episode notes. We look forward to talking with you then.